1: 3, 2,
0: 1, 0, all engine running. Lift off. We have a liftoff.
1: Good evening. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here, News 955 AM 750 WSB. The phone number, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. We will keep you up to date with developments as this YouTube situation develops. Um, there appear to be a number of people who uh, have been taken to the Stanford University Hospital. There is a lot of misinformation circulating right now on social media about the name of the shooter, what the shooter looks like. It is being dismissed right now by everyone on the ground in california just be careful about that if you're delving on social media trying to get answers we will bring you the latest here at wsb right now though i want to move to the other big topic on the news today the president's ongoing attack against amazon.com and jeff bezos and i've got to tell you this is one of those things that that just kind of reveals that a lot of people who call themselves conservatives aren't it is a dangerous precedent for the president of the United States to use his bully pulpit to call out an American business in its private contracts with another American entity, in this case, the post office. Um, For those of you who don't know, President Trump has been saying that Amazon is making a killing off its deal with the post office and the post office is losing money on Amazon. And I want to be fair here because there is a kernel of truth to what the president is saying. Uh, And that kernel of truth is that a Citibank review of the post office says the post office could be charging $1.48 more per package shipped by bulk mailers. But that's different from what the president is saying. The president is making this about Amazon, but the Citigroup findings show that the post office could be charging $1.48 more per package sent by bulk mailers whether they're small businesses or big businesses. This applies to everyone who uses the post office, who ships bulk mail. Uh, it applies not just to Amazon. If Walmart uses them, it applies to them. Your small business applies to them. Uh, that The post office could be charging more than they are. It's not an Amazon-specific thing. As to Amazon, though, we don't know the contract between the post office and Amazon. And you can say, well, then maybe the president is right, except there's a catch we know that legally the post office is required to be audited every single year by an outside auditor and one of the things that auditor is specifically required to look at is the amazon deal and if the auditor finds that the post office is losing money to amazon then the deal must be canceled And in every year that this contract has been ongoing between Amazon and the post office, the auditor has come back that the post office is not losing money. Now, if it was losing money, the post office is part of the executive branch of the government. The president is the chief executive officer. He could order a review, but he's not really ordering a review. He's just using this issue because he's mad at Jeff Pizos. But there's more here. There are more facts you need to know. You genuinely actually do need to know. As this argument heats up, I want to provide them for you. So here's what we know. the The post office has been losing business as first-class mail shipments have declined. But for holidays... Uh, The post office has seen a decline in revenue for first-class mail, even though it has a monopoly in the United States. Any first-class mail in the United States must be sent by the post office. It can't be sent by FedEx or UPS or DHL or anyone else. If you want to send first-class mail, it's got to be through the post office. They maintain a government-controlled monopoly, and they're losing money on it, as monopolies tend to do over time. But... They're losing money not necessarily because they have a monopoly, they're losing money because people are turning to email. People are turning to other means to transmit messages. Uh, So there's a lot of bills and junk mail that go through the mail, and those are typically charged a lower rate than first-class mail. Where the post office is making its money is on parcel shipments, and that's where Amazon comes in. Last year, Amazon paid the U.S. post office $7 billion. $7 billion. In addition, Amazon worked with the post office to beef up distribution services and whatnot, uh, technology with the post office, helping them do that. So the post office actually made $7 billion from Amazon. Now, you can say the post office should have charged Amazon more, but they were competing with FedEx and with UPS. It seems to me the solution should be the old conservative staple of privatizing the post office. Let them compete in the free market because they're not really a free market. I don't think the solution is to tear up the contract with Amazon because Amazon is providing the post office $7 billion in revenue it otherwise wouldn't have. It's not like the post office because of its monopoly has to say, well, we have only we can handle Amazon and we can't handle any of the rest of you. No, anybody can use the post office. The, the, the supply and demand issue isn't a, an issue really for the post office because it's a government monopoly so if amazon goes away the post office loses seven billion dollars where are they going to fill that void i mean the president can argue that the post office should be charging amazon more than they are but he shouldn't be arguing that they should get out of the contract because they're losing money that's simply not true i mean to quote the the sinclair broadcasting promo that everybody in the media is upset about facts are neither left nor right facts are facts and the fact is that the post office is not losing money. And you don't have to believe me on this. You can go to the federal government. You can type in audit, U.S. Postal Service, and you can see all their financial audits over the past several years. You can review the information yourself. You can see the profit and loss, and you can see why the post office is mostly losing money. And why is it losing money? It has nothing to do with Amazon. It has to do with the law Congress passed a decade or so ago that requires the post office to put money into retirement accounts now for future retirees. So a lot of the money that the post office brings in has to go into a retirement accounts for people who are decades away from retirement. And that hurts their bottom line. But Congress made them do that because in the old days the uh, post office pension plan nearly went bankrupt. And Congress had to do something so they're making them do this. That's why the post office is losing a lot of money has nothing to do with Amazon. It has to do with a pension plan that Congress, by law, has designated they must put money towards now. Congress, by law, has also designated that the post office is not allowed to lose money in contracts. There is a federal law in place. The U.S. Postal Service is prohibited by law from entering into a contract with another entity for shipment that would cause the post office to not break even but lose money. It's against the law. So maybe the law is being broken. Okay. Maybe so. I can show you the financial audits. And the financial audits, so you know, they're not only breaking even, they're making $7 billion from Amazon. Maybe you say they should make more than that. Okay. But don't say that Amazon is taking advantage of the post office. They're a private sector business in an arm's length transaction with the federal government. Y'all, this is a dangerous precedent for the president of the United States to attack a privately held American business or publicly traded American business, for that matter, with Amazon because of its dealings with other Americans and American entities, including the federal government. It is a dangerous thing, this picking of winners and losers. When Barack Obama was president, I'm old enough to remember conservatives railing on Barack Obama. Picking winners and losers, railing on the Solyndra deal, all of that. I'm old enough to remember all of that. It was less than eight years ago that all of this happened. And here comes this president trying to pick winners and losers, make an American success story, a business, a loser. You may be cheering this president on now, but you're only giving ammunition to future presidents you don't like to do it to other businesses. This is not conservative policy. Let the free market work. This was an arm's length transaction. We should be applauding the innovation of Amazon. And by the way, again, the post office isn't losing money. What the president is doing is dangerous demagoguery. And he's providing an opening for the next president that you don't like to up the ante. And that is not going to be a good thing. Let me take a quick time out for a sponsor, which came in really handy for me this week. Text ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, to 303030. That's 303030 or 303030. Text ERIC there now to let the magic happen. I'm talking about Beachbody On Demand. Now, you're probably not aware of Beachbody On Demand per se, but you know some of their programs, P90X, Insanity, 21 Day Fix, the three-week yoga retreat. Okay, retweet, retreat. if I can talk. Okay, let me get serious here for a minute. Last week, I had a pinched nerve in my foot, which I'd never had before. It was the worst pain. Now, I admit I don't have high pain tolerance, but I've had surgeries, whatnot. This hurt worse than anything. I thought I'd broken my foot. It was swollen and red to begin with. Uh, the, the pain went away, but, or the, the swelling went away, but the pain didn't, I could not walk on my foot at all. And I had to go to Los Angeles and I'd been using the beach body on demand product on my Apple TV with their yoga program, particularly the stretching and, in California, on my iPad, was still able to get it, and it actually was a handy stretching program. Uh, really helped a lot with my calf muscle from limping and everything. As as the pinch was working its way out, the medicine was doing its job. Uh, really, actually, used this program while I was in LA. Uh, came in handy. You can get it on your phone. You can get it on a tablet. You can get it on a TV. Really excellent to be able to watch on demand exercises. You don't have to worry about DVDs and stuff. I do highly recommend their yoga package which I've been using just for flexibility and the stretching came in super handy while traveling with my foot problem, give it a try. My listeners are going to get a free trial membership when you text ERIC to 303030. You're going to get full access to the entire platform for free. All the workouts and nutrition information free. All you've got to do is text ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, to 303030. Go do it right now. Text ERIC to 303030. And thank you to Beachbody On Demand for sponsoring the show. It is 26 after the hour uh just so you know um the San Bruno police are going to be making a statement at 5:30 uh, hour time Uh, we will carry that here at WSB. The shooter was a female. There are conflicting reports as to whether or not she has been killed or wounded. Uh, ABC news is reporting wounded. Uh, others reporting killed, um, all are confirming it was a female shooter. Uh, local media reports out there suggest um, that she uh, targeted her boyfriend or ex-boyfriend. Uh, again, the police, though, will be having a press conference here at the bottom of the hour. We will carry that at WSB. Um, let us go back to the phones. Uh, Kevin in Fayetteville, welcome.
0: Yeah, uh, thank you, Eric. On this Amazon thing, now, I'm a diehard Trump fan, and, uh, but I think this is a battle that he shouldn't be fighting with Amazon, Uh, Back when he uh, was talking about he took it as a businessman, he took advantage of the tax laws that benefited him as a businessman. Amazon's just taking advantage of what's out there so they can make their bottom line. So this is something he needs to back off of, in my opinion.
1: Well, look. I'm glad to hear you say that, Kevin. And let's keep in mind, Amazon does pay taxes in 48 states. The only two states that it doesn't collect sales tax in are the two that don't have sales tax. Um, but it collects them. One of the catches is that it does not collect local sales tax. It collects a state. It collects state sales tax. Uh, Brett in Woodstock, you're next. Um,
0: it's, a lot of it's really all about how um, the postal service allocates their fixed overhead costs. If they underallocate the fixed overhead costs, then it makes it look like they're making money when they're really not.
1: Well, yep, yeah, that is true. Except they are required to fix the, the all, allocate the fixed costs in certain ways now because of Congress, including to the retirement plan, which actually makes them look like they're losing money when they're not
0: well but the retirement plan most businesses run in a pay-as-you-go system and they should be required to do that as well well they
1: should but see that that's part of the catch here is congress won't let the post office do a pay-as-you-go system because they abused it in the past and nearly bankrupted their pension plan um but amazon doesn't have anything to do with this i mean all the outside auditors show they're getting seven billion dollars a year from amazon and by the way the post office doesn't pay taxes so they're just getting seven billion from amazon (laughs) It is 45 after the hour. This is a short segment, and I do want to summarize the news. It appears the female shooter at the YouTube office died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound, according to the San Bruno police. Uh, She is uh, the one with the self-inflicted gunshot wound, obviously believed to be the shooter. Um, Multiple sources on the ground there. You do have to be careful with these things, but there seems to be developing consensus that um, this was a relationship-related shooting. Uh, The male in critical condition uh, apparently... Um, local people are suggesting was in a relationship with the shooter. I I don't want to delve down this road too far because there is a lot um, that people are circulating wild rumors. We do know for certain, though, uh, four people, uh, one dead of those four, that one from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. One is in one of the victims in stable condition, one in serious condition, one in critical condition, the male being in critical condition. Uh, We will keep you updated as we develop, uh, as this story develops, although the police did note they don't know when they will have another press conference uh, forthcoming. Now, we will get on to the other news of the day when we come back, including the trade war, Congress thinking of, of returning, walking back some of their spending. Um, the, uh, the financial protection bureau that Mick Mulvaney is in charge of Elizabeth Warren is just on a tear about that, that he is, uh, undermining the integrity of the office. And then there's more on the Mueller investigation that continues to trickle out and liberals positively giddy about a possible defeat of Ted Cruz in Texas. When we come back, I'll get to that story. It is 54 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson, the phone number 404 750 1800 WSB Talk. I gotta just note here that something that happened fairly immediately after news broke about this shooting at the YouTube's headquarters uh, were liberals pointing out that YouTube had taken down NRA gun videos and the NRA had uh, called on people to take action. And the immediate speculation that it was an NRA member who had done this, that it was uh, their retaliation for the NRA, just immediately going to blame this, this immediate propensity on the left to blame the National Rifle Association for this uh, before any facts were even known to do that is just awful. Um, and so typical of what we see, frankly, on both sides now, now not blaming the NRA, but immediately going out and, and casting blame um, before facts are known. Uh, police say the uh, woman who is believed to be the shooter at YouTube died of a self inflicted gunshot wound. There are four additional people wounded. Earlier reports said it was four people. Uh, it's actually five, the fifth being the shooter. There are four people who were wounded. Uh, and the shooter is the fifth who died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Um, we will keep you up to date here at WSB. That is the latest we have. Um, don't know that much more of the story is going to develop over in, in the next hour. We'll go back to it if so. Uh, one thing I do want to note, uh, completely unrelated, and I only need a, a minute here to, to deal with the story, is a lot of, of the press revealing their liberalism by being very excited that Um, Beto O'Rourke, Robert O'Rourke, Rob, he used to go by until he wanted to run for office in Texas, uh, is uh, raised $7 million or something competitive against Ted Cruz. And you're seeing reporters like Chris Saliza at CNN and others say, this is a real race, but it's not. It's not. Remember, Wendy Davis raised a massive amount of money to run against Greg Abbott, and she lost, too. And one of the telltale signs here that Beto O'Rourke is not a strong candidate is that Ted Cruz got more votes in the Republican primary than all the Democrats in their primary combined. And Beto O'Rourke lost all of the counties along the border that Wendy Davis lost, suggesting there is not strong enthusiasm for him. Um so it, don't don't be worked up by these stories that this is a competitive race in Texas. It's really not. Three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Lift off. We have a liftoff. Good evening. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here the second hour of the show the phone number 404-872-0750-1800 WSB talk you can get me on well social media oh, please don't though Eddie W. Erickson you can follow me on Instagram I took some great pictures of the center of the Milky Way uh, on and put them on Instagram while I was on vacation nonetheless we we've got to move on Um, From the president in Amazon and also from the situation with YouTube, which appears now there's not an active situation there now. Um, Prayers for those who are in the hospital. The shooter is dead, apparently from a self-inflicted wound. Uh, I want to move on to this border situation as it continues to escalate. Uh, But there are some facts that I think need to be brought into the conversation. For those of you who aren't aware, uh, there are 1,200 people... Roughly 1,200 to 1,500 people headed towards the American border, moving north through Mexico. The Mexican government is not in a position to be able to stop them, even if they wanted. There have been a lot of people um, who have been demanding, including the president, demanding that Mexico do something. I, I think most people aren't aware that Mexico can't control its own sovereignty or or integrity right now. It's in the midst of what can best be described as a civil war. The um, drug cartels, the gangs, the corrupt police force, factions of the military, the government, uh, all at odds with each other, all fighting. It's been a very bloody war, lots of kidnappings and whatnot. Mexico is not a stable country. And these individuals are moving in mass through Mexico, assuming that in the safety and numbers, they won't be messed with as they head for the American border. Now, you should know that this has happened before. It happened when George Bush was president, and it happened when Barack Obama was president. Both of them did what Donald Trump is now doing, which is using the National Guard to secure the border. There is one difference. When George W. Bush and Barack Obama sent the National Guard, they referred to it as a, as a guard operation, a National Guard operation. Donald Trump has referred to it as a military operation, and it has gotten people's knickers and knots. I mean, this guy, saying that it's a military operation, has liberals losing their mind. He's doing exactly what Barack Obama did. He's sending the National Guard to secure the border, but he's referring to it as a military operation and people have lost their freaking minds over it. I mean, people are enraged that he wants to secure the American border. By the way, I think he should send the full military. Just so you know where I stand on this issue. I realize I am squishy on the immigration issue for a lot of you, but on the border issue, secure it. And if it takes the military to secure it, we got 1,200 to 1,500 people coming up here. They've done it before, but this time they're already signaling they would like to overwhelm border checkpoints to try to get people into this country. Shut the border down. Don't let anybody come in, including vacationers who have gone to, driven into Mexico. Don't let them come in. Say, I'm sorry, you can't come in right now. we got a border situation. Lock them out. I don't have a problem with that. If the United States cannot defend its sovereignty, including its border, uh, we have no business continuing on as a nation, frankly. Um, you've, you've got to be able to secure your border. And if these people want to come up in a show of, of in mass demagoguery of, of the immigration issue, of the refugee issue, however they want to put it, it is demagoguery what's being done by this People Without Borders group. We should secure our border. We have every right to secure our border. Absolutely every right. And the president should be sending the National Guard at a minimum to make sure it happens. And if he wants to call it a military operation, so be it. It's what Barack Obama and George W. Bush did, and everybody was okay with them doing it because they didn't call it a military operation. Just so crazy what gets people all bent out of shape. Now, Jennifer Harper at The Washington Times has a story that um, 13% of self-professed liberals— agree with the statement that the Democratic Party is too liberal. Think about that. 13% of self-described liberals think that the Democratic Party is too liberal. Now, why do I put that in terms? Well, let me give you the greater focus on this. And this is a economist, YouGov, stop. Sorry, folks. The speakerphone in the office just went off. I was trying to prevent it, but it did it anyway. Um, So, an Economist YouGov poll finds that half of registered U.S. voters, 48%, say that the party is too liberal. 48%. Half of registered U.S. voters. Now, stop right there. Registered U.S. voters tend to lean Democrat, always have, always will. A registered voter and a likely voter are two different things. A likely voter is someone who's likely to show up. You can get registered to vote just by going and getting your driver's license. Suddenly you're registered to vote. You sign the form. You don't even realize you're registered to vote, but you never go vote. Registered voters lean Democrat. So if 48% of registered U.S. voters think that the Democratic Party is too liberal, among likely voters, it's probably 51, 52%. 13% of liberals agree. Very few felt the party was liberal enough. 48% of registered U.S. voters say the Democratic Party is too liberal. That's 76% of Republicans, 40% of independents, 15% of Democrats, 13% of liberals. 25% of voters overall are not sure if the party is too liberal or not. 23% overall say the Democratic ideology is about right. 9% of Republicans agree with that. Only 49% of Democrats say that. See, here's the problem. If they went further left, that number of Democrats could probably come up, but the number of people in the country who think that Democrats are too liberal would go up as well, and it would get the Democrats all out of skew. 11% say the party is not liberal enough. Think about that. Now, why do I bring this up? This was a poll conducted March 25th to 27th of 1,326 registered U.S. voters. Here's why I bring this up. Take the immigration issue, these people coming up to the border— Democrats are crying foul, saying we should let them in. Many of them are. There's a guy running for Congress in the the first congressional district in Wisconsin who wants to get rid of ICE, the Immigration and Customs um, Enforcement. He wants to get rid of the agency. He wants to stop enforcing our immigration laws. In California, they're giving illegal aliens the right to vote. Not in federal races, only in state races. Think about that for a minute. What does it mean to be a citizen anymore in California? Not much. And then you have the gun issue. The gun issue is single-handedly boosting President Trump's favorability. Now, you should know in the polling average, his favorability rating is 41%. Fox News did a thing this morning showing that he was ahead of Barack Obama. That's only in the Rasmussen poll. In the actual take all the polls and take the average, he's actually behind. He's at 41%. But the numbers are headed up. That's what I said yesterday about Rasmussen. Very rarely does Rasmussen get the right percentage, but they tend to be pretty good at tracking the the shift. And the shift has been in Donald Trump's direction because the left is freaking out gr- gun owners over their their anti-gun position, radical anti-gun positions. You couple that with their their radicalness on immigration their radicalness on taxes, their radicalness on everything else under the sun, and their growing leftism, you've got a lot of the country thinking, you know, I'm not a Republican and I don't like Trump, but these people are really going to destroy the country. And that could potentially help Republicans come November. The Democrats can't help themselves but go to the left. And that does nothing but hurt them. They don't want to admit it. They don't want to admit it. They, they don't want you to see it. They want to try to cover it up. But when you got Beto O'Rourke, Rob, down there in Texas running as a gun control, take your guns, progressivism. I mean, he's driving in a car with a Kennedy. Who in their right mind lets a Kennedy drive them around anywhere? And yet he did. And this is who the Democrats want to put up for office. A bunch of left-wing wackadoos. I think the nation may say nah, we may not like this guy but we'd rather stick with him than these nuts let me take a quick time out for a sponsor which came in really handy for me this week text eric e r i c k to 303030 that's 303030 or 303030 text eric there now to let the magic happen i'm talking about beach body on demand Now, you're probably not aware of Beachbody On Demand per se, but you know some of their programs, P90X, Insanity, 21 Day Fix, the three-week yoga retreat. Okay, retweet. Retreat, if I can talk. Okay, let me get serious here for a minute. Last week, I had a pinched nerve in my foot, which I'd never had before. It was the worst pain. Now, I admit, I don't have high pain tolerance. But I've had surgeries, whatnot. This hurt worse than anything. I thought I would broken my foot. It was swollen and red to begin with. Uh, the, the pain went away, but or the, the swelling went away, but the pain didn't. I could not walk on my foot at all, and I had to go to Los Angeles. And I'd been using the Beachbody On Demand product on my Apple TV with their yoga program, particularly the stretching and in California, on my iPad, was still able to get it, and it actually was a handy stretching program. Uh, really helped a lot with my calf muscle from limping and everything. As as the pinch was working its way out, the medicine was doing its job. Uh, really, actually, used this program while I was in LA. Uh, came in handy. You can get it on your phone. You can get it on a tablet. You can get it on a TV. Really excellent to be able to watch on-demand exercises. You don't have to worry about DVDs and stuff. I do highly recommend their yoga package, which I've been using just for flexibility. And the stretching came in super handy while traveling with my foot problem. Give it a try. My listeners are going to get a free trial membership when you text ERIC to 303030. You're going to get full access to the entire platform for free, all the workouts and nutrition information free. All you've got to do is text ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, to 303030. Go do it right now. Text ERIC to 303030. And thank you to Beach Body On Demand for sponsoring the show. It is 26 after the hour. I have been asked if I have seen I Can Only Imagine the movie. I have not. I need to go see it this week, as well as the movie about the Apostle Paul, which I hear is a good movie. I look forward to reporting back on both of those. I did go last night to see Ready Player One, the new Steven Spielberg movie. Um, It was a good movie. It was. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I went to the late showing, and I saw it in 3D. Um, it, it was kind of funny. It was. It was. I went with a friend of mine who's a Catholic priest. Uh, so the Presbyterian and the priest walked into the bar and the movie theater together um, to see the movie. And we both agreed that if you don't know what Ready Player One is about, it, it's Steven Spielberg's new movie. I, I would not take my nine year old to see it. Uh, my twelve year old, I think it would be okay to see. There, just it's more language than anything. Uh, there's not any blood. It, it's mostly uh, computer graphic violence but it's about a, a guy who builds a virtual reality world and people kind of escape from real world problems by spending all of their time there. And the guy who developed it dies. And there's essentially a race to, to find clues to find a golden egg, literal golden egg in the game um, that will give whoever captures it uh, ownership of this thing called the Oasis and they will become a trillionaire um, it's based on a book. It's filled with pop culture references. There are cameos by the Halo. If you play Xbox, Halo's in there. Um, Star Wars characters are in there, Battlestar Galactica characters, the Iron Giant, Voltron, you name, they all make appearances. Uh, in fact, Steven Spielberg directed it and afterwards people, the digital editors went in and they added characters like E.T. and Gremlins from Spielberg movies that he himself had not put into the movie. Um, it was It was a very, very entertaining movie. If you're interested in going to see it, I do recommend going to see it on the big screen. But we saw it in 3D and I hate 3D movies. And this film reinforces uh, why. You, you, this is a movie about an immersive 3D experience. And the actual 3D that you get in the theaters doesn't live up to it, even in IMAX, which is what I saw it in last night. Uh, I, do, I did enjoy this movie, though. It is a, if your kids are older, they may enjoy it as well. You'll get a lot of the pop culture references. is 38 after the hour. Eric Erickson here, the phone number 404-872-0750, wsb Talk to the phones we go. Donna in Woodstock, thanks for waiting patiently.
0: Hi, uh, thank you for taking my call. I wanted to uh, say something about what you said about securing our borders, which I totally agree with, That's it's foolishness not to. Uh, but secondly, why are we extending an offer to countries who hate us um, in this lottery system. That makes no sense to me. Yeah,
1: you know, there's a report out today, Donna, that um, a number of American high-tech companies are starting to raise alarms that Uh, they can't get highly skilled immigrant workers into this country. And even the president has proposed taking the visa lottery system and applying it to that so that these companies can get in the workers they need for these high-tech companies. That seems to be a no-brainer to me, and for some reason the Democrats are opposed.
0: Well, they never are for anything that's good for the country.
1: Well, you know, I, I, I'm always hesitant to, to, to use that language these days, given the, the hyperbolic nature of everything. But on immigration, I tend to think that Democrats really seem to be putting immigrants coming into the country at greater value than Americans who are already here, more often than not. Um, and I, I don't think that the Democrats look at this and say, oh, well, this, this is bad for America, therefore we support it. I think they view immigration as a real good for the country, as a real positive, and they want to defend it. The problem here, though, is that we've got this situation where I, I support immigration into this country. And I frankly don't think it's a bad thing. I think we have growing jobs in this country, and, and we don't have as many people to be able to fill them. But I think we're doing it in a dumb way. And Democrats, I think, right now are defending a system that could be greatly improved because of Donald Trump. They don't want to give Donald Trump uh, credit in the system. They don't want to give him credit for fixing it. And yet they have had ample opportunity after ample opportunity themselves to fix it. And all they did was give us Obamacare and ruin our health care system. And I just think both sides have different views on, on what helps and hurts the country. I don't think Democrats want to maliciously destroy the country. Now, you got some some diehard radical leftists out there who do. Um, But if I'm talking to generalities, I don't think a majority of Democrats want to destroy the country. But I think their policies ultimately will do that, whether they believe so or not. One of the ways that we see this working is with the Scott Pruitt situation at the EPA. Um, Scott Pruitt is the uh, administrator of the EPA, and he is coming under withering assaults from the left over his tenure and the reason is because he's so effective they are trying to drive him out of his job uh, Kimberly Strassel at the Wall Street Journal has pointed out that the Obama EPA officials spend as much or more on travel as Scott Pruitt is being attacked for taking to private jet places and career EPA ethics officials say that Pruitt paid reasonable market value for the condo he's being attacked as using and that the, the person he's renting from has no business in front of the EPA so it's perfectly permissible Now, the press would be letting this story go if this were the Obama administration, but it's not. The Obama administration had things like this happen, and you never heard about it. But this is the Trump administration, and there really are left-wing groups that are trying to bring out opposition research, skewed in just such a way to get the media to pick it up. And if the president caves on this, he will be emboldening these left-wing hit jobs. And I think he should He should stand with Scott Pruitt, who is a really good guy and a great EPA administrator. And the only reason these attacks are coming after him is because he's doing such a good job at the EPA. Y'all, look, here's a great, great story today. The EPA chief, Scott Pruitt has scrapped a key piece of the Obama administration's fuel efficiency standards for cars and light-duty trucks, throwing the future of the program into doubt. Now, this is a solid win for conservatives. Not because we want to pollute, not because we don't believe in in efficiency standards, but because the Obama-era standards were too burdensome. And most car manufacturers said they didn't think that they could meet the standards. 50 miles per gallon by 2025. The environmental offsets from uh, trying to to mine cobalt, lead, nickel, and whatnot to build batteries for these cars so that they get 50 miles a gallon uh, really did more harm than good. This is the CAFE standard, the corporate average fuel economy standard. And the Obama administration bowed to environmentalists despite every major car manufacturer save Tesla coming out and saying, this is not wise, this is not smart. And they came to the radical environmentalists. And Scott Pruitt has stood up to him. He needs to be defended by the president. Conservatives need to defend him. Again, let me read you this tweet from Kim Strassel at the Wall Street Journal because you're not getting this. In the media coverage of, of him, I'm going to read you just identically. This is her tweet. I'm going to read it word for word. This Pruitt flap is absurd. Obama EPA officials spin as much or more on travel. And career EPA ethics officials say he paid reasonable market value for the condo. And Leesor had no business in front of EPA. The press might at least try to pretend it didn't have two standards. One for Obama and one for Trump on this. Pruitt's a good guy. He's doing a really good job at the EPA, and that has put a massive target on his back. A massive target on his back. And because it's put a massive target on his back, the media is coming after him. Again, y'all, I don't understand. I don't know if you realize this or not. It is a fact that there is a left-wing organization out there run by people who used to work at Media Matters. I think it's American Bridge, the David, what's his name, Brock group and they are compiling opposition research on cabinet officials and and other Trump appointees, and they're farming it out to the media in easy-to-regurgitate stories that are designed to be hit jobs with little kernels of truth that then manifest into great big distortions of what's going on. That's what's happening here to Scott Pruitt. This is a left-wing hit job that the press is using because the press of course comes down on the side of the environmentalists and coming down on the side of the environmentalists. They want to go after Scott Pruitt because they look at him as a bad, evil, greedy polluter there. He's the antagonist in all the stories. And it's no coincidence because it's a left wing message that they're pushing, but it's simply not true. It is 55 after the hour. Back to the phones we go. Don and Marietta, welcome. I love your show. I listen Thank you. to you all the time.
0: Um, a comment uh, was made about the Democrats wanting you know, immigration, to, and I think you said to, to really help the country. Well, that's true on the surface, but really what they want is more voters. I mean, if Democrats had their way, everyone residing within the borders of the United States would vote. I mean, and they're into modernizing everything. Why don't we modernize immigration? I mean, they're not. You know, it, they just want open borders. Everybody walk across. No, no, no keeping up with it at all. Just let people come in. Whatever. Well, let me
1: differ with you slightly because I don't really disagree with you. But it, all of the data suggests, even the data going back in 2016 suggests. Hispanics are the least likely pool of people to vote. But the longer they're in the country, the more likely they are to vote. Here's the thing. I think the reason Democrats, when they control everything, didn't do immigration is because they don't actually want to solve the problem. They're seeing multi-generational Hispanic families in the country now starting to vote, and they want to incite more of them to come vote for them. It's not about bringing new immigrants into the country who will vote when every study that's ever been done has showed it will take generation for those people to right. vote, awesome. it's yeah. It's about the but it's about the current Hispanics in the country right now who are citizens who do not vote. The Democrats are trying to make them so mad that they come out and vote for them. That's why they've never solved the immigration issue. That's why they don't want to solve the immigration issue. By the way, I think to some degree that's why Republicans in Congress don't want to solve the 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 life issue. Why they want to keep funding Planned Parenthood and say, oh, it's the Democrats. They're filibustering. No, they they could they could stop funding Planned Parenthood but they want to incite Republicans to come vote, cynically using abortion. In the same way, Democrats are using immigration. They fundamentally want long-term American citizen Hispanic voters in this country who do not vote to be mobilized to vote on the issue of fixing immigration. And yet, like abortion on the Republican side, they will never actually do it. They will keep the wound festering as long as they can to keep inciting people to be Democratic voters. It has nothing to do with incoming immigrants. It has to do with all the ones already here.
0: 18 plus.